Hey, family, if you are new here and listening to older episodes, we've made some changes. We rebranded and changed the name of the Abundant Living Podcast to Wealth and Wisdom Together with Wesleya and Willa. You're in the right place and we're glad you are listening. So enjoy this episode. Can you imagine starting to invest and then soon after the stock market goes through one of its worst crashes of all time? Well, that's what happened to our guest, Mabel Nunez. And she says, I live to tell the tale. Mabel Nunez is an MBA and she is a stock analyst and business owner. She's the founder and CEO, that's chief education officer of Girls on the Money, a stock market investing education company that teaches women, minorities, and individuals who are not typically exposed to the world of investing. Today, we're gonna be discussing strategies to become a savvy investor. Let's get started. Welcome to the Abundant Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Wesleya Eccles and Willa Williams, co-founders of Trinity Financial Coaching. Every week, we have conversations that focus on stewardship principles to help you manage your money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally with ease. We do this while embracing the abundance of God. If you want to connect with a Christian community of professional women that is journeying through a purposeful blueprint that balances living a fulfilled life while building wealth for your future, you are in the right place. We invite you to subscribe, rate, review, and share the Abundant Living Podcast with your friends and family. Today, we are continuing in our five-part series for maximizing your money. And in this series, we are focusing on various strategies to help you build wealth. Remember, our pillar for the Abundant Living Podcast is helping you to manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. And our guest today is Mabel Nunez. And she says, if you can afford the product, you can afford the stock. I love that. So welcome, Mabel. We are so glad that you are here today. <laughs> thank you. I'm excited to be here. I thank you for the, the invitation. Any chance that I get to talk about investing and growing wealth and how to get started, I jump at it. So I am super happy to be here. So thank you. <laughs> so glad that you are here. You know, we subscribe to your newsletter, the Girl, Girls on the Money newsletter, and mm -hmm. your approach to investing is, I love it, is knowledgeable, you use discernment, you use wisdom, and I would just sum that up as savviness, which is why we're calling today's episode Strategies to Become a Savvy Investor. And so you continue to listen in today's episode, you're going to learn how to do just that. But first, as we always do in every episode, we want to share today's faith focus and today's faith focus is from Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. And that is a very popular scripture. And that is the parable of the talent. And the reason why I want to lift this up today is because of something specific. There's a specific responsibility that we have as managers, as stewards mm -hmm. 
that we want to lift up today and is so prevalent to this topic. So the parable of the talent is a story where the owner goes away and before he leaves, he gives three of the people that work for him some money. Basically, he gives them a lifetime of wages. Yeah, he does. He gives according to their capabilities. He gives one five times a lifetime of wages, which is referred to as talent. He gives one two talent or two times their lifetime of wages, and he gives one one. Well, the one that received the five and the two, they went off and they began immediately doing some things so that they can not only manage it, but multiply the money. But the one that got the one talent, he was afraid. He was <laughs> afraid of losing the money. And he was driven by this fear that he buried the talent until the owner returned. So when the owner returned and asked them to give an account, the five that had five said, you know what I did? I, I took the five that you gave me and made and got 10. The one that he that did the two did the same thing. I took the two you gave me and made it four. And the owner was pleased. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. So I'm going to make sure that you're able to also be in charge of more. I'm going to give you more responsibility. I'm going to give you more resources, right? But the one that had the one, he says, what did you do? He was like, you could have at least put it in the bank so that it yeah. can earn some interest. So look, God cares about you. And he cares about you so much that he graciously gives us all the ability to produce wealth. He gives us truth. He gives us knowledge. He gives us discernment. And most importantly, he gives us wisdom. And he continues to give us this wisdom, especially if we ask liberally. So look, we have a responsibility to manage and multiply the resources that God has given us. So building wealth intentionally is something that we as Christians are supposed to be doing and doing that on a regular basis in all areas of our lives. So I am glad that we're going to have this conversation today about becoming savvy investors. And again, I'm so glad that Mabel is here with us. Thank you. I love that story. Oh my God. Like about how God, you know, he provides us with gifts and allows us to multiply those gifts. And I know just like hide them somewhere and like actually do something with that. So I love that story. Absolutely. That story talks about the knowledge, discernment and wisdom that we see that you have when we think about savviness. I'd like you to just share your story with us about your journey behind Girls on the Money. How'd you get there? Sure. So, uh, first of all, I am Dominican. I was born in the Dominican Republic. So, you know, I'm an immigrant. I moved to the States when I was nine years old and, you know, I went to school here most of my life, elementary school, high school, college. And I always say that my parents did a great job teaching me like the basics of personal finance, like saving money. My dad was always cautious around credit cards. I, you know, he'll say, you know, use them, but don't go crazy with those things. You know, he'll warn me about that. And just, you know, about contributing to my 401k once I got my first full, full-time job. But in terms of investing, I didn't know that world was around. I didn't know it existed until my senior year as a college student. And I took one course that changed my whole life only because it changed my perspective about how anybody in this country or, you know, even the world that has some income can grow their wealth through buying pieces of 
major corporations and that, you know, you do that through individual stocks or funds and stuff like that. So my professor at that time did such, such an amazing job just showing us like, hey, you know, you have some money, you can put it in this, you can be a part owner of these big companies and you can grow your money that way. And I was just blown away by that idea. And that's when I became obsessed with the world of investing. And I kind of started listening to radios, like back in those days, like that's like 2000 and I was 2004. When I discovered the stock market, you know, there was no podcast. It was like AM radio. So right. I feel like I'm talking like the eighties, but you know, it's, you know, early 2000. It feels so old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys been that long. So, you know, I was listening to AM radio about like investing, you know, you know, these people that didn't look like me when they were talking about stocks. I'm like, I'm more old interested oh, in it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We know that yeah. story. We yeah. know that story. Those times. Right. And then reading books and stuff like that, reading articles online. So I pretty much became obsessed with that whole world. And then fast forward several years after, you know, working a full-time job for many, many years, over a decade, I decided that I was ready and also invested my money for, you know, over a decade. I decided that I was ready to take a new path in my career or my life. And I, that's when I started building Girls on the Money as a business teaching, you know, women or minorities or people that are not exposed to the world of investing, how to do it and how to do it successfully. So that's mm -hmm. a little bit of my, my background, how I kind of, you know, just out of nowhere, taking this one class, found out about the stock market, became obsessed, <laughs> and then eventually be, made it my career or my, you know, my business. So, Well, it's Ugh. interesting that you said that, that, so it took you, you started in 2004. That's when I first learned it was even around, like, I didn't even know it was a thing. So, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't make your first investment until 2008. Yes, exactly. Yes. What were your fears or barriers that prevented you, that made you take four years before you actually took the yeah. plunge? Great question. Yeah. And, and that's why this is something I tell my students all the time that I can relate to them because even though, you know, I had, I was a business major and I took finance courses in college and I graduated with a finance degree, you know, because I was, you know, so in, into this investing world. I had no clue how to get started. Like, you know, there's one thing about mm. when you go to college, you learn all these four move stuff and they <laughs> get out into the, into the real world. And, you know, you don't even know how to open an investment account. Like, you know, they don't teach that stuff. So mm -hmm. first of all, I didn't know how to start, even though I was reading all these books and uh, listening to these radio stations that would just tell you like, oh yeah, this, this is a good stuff. This is this and that, but they don't tell you how to actually do it. And like, how do you even, you know, how do, what do you click on? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's why I was like super confused. And uh, and then I feel that I always say, I always like to think that God sent me this person. So this is how it, it actually happened. Like, I was working my full-time job and I was the type of person that I was so obsessed with the topic of investing that anybody that will talk to me, like it could be any topic about the weather or whatever we're having for lunch. <laughs> I will bring up like stocks with the stock market. <laughs> Like, oh, Oscar Meyer? I know who owns that company. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That was me. Like, yeah, I was, even though I wasn't even investing, I was just talking about it, like, out of nowhere. It was so funny. Like, I always like to think back at this crazy story, how I went on a, a job interview when I was, I think I was 21. And they asked me, like, it had nothing to do with the stock market. And I, <laughs> I went off a tangent talking about investing in this interview. And I was, like, so embarrassed <laughs> afterwards. I'm like, what, what the heck was that about? You know, I was, I I was <laughs> just reading about you earlier, and I say she is so passionate. 
and, about investment <laughs> education. Yeah, I can yeah. hear it very clearly. <laughs> I can hear it. So yeah, so the one thing I was like, so then they hire this person, this new hire into the company. And I was working in the insurance industry, nothing to do with investing or whatever. And he, they sang him right next to me. And and then one day, obviously, I went up my tangent <laughs> with my stories about like, oh, you know, I would love to invest. And he had been somebody, even though he was younger than me, he had been one of those people that started investing when he was like 15 from, a, you know, from his teenage years. And he was, by that time, he was like maybe 22, 23. So he had already been in the market since he was a teenager. So he, he actually sat me down one day after work and like showed me like, oh, open this investment account. No. Put a few hundred dollars in there. He told me this is a good stock to get started. Procter and Gamble, Joseph, something very generic when I conservative, but also a good type of investment. And that's how it started. He actually showed me how to do it. And I always say like that person wasn't put there by, it wasn't random. He was mm -hmm. next to me by a higher power, the universe, whatever you want to look at it. It wasn't as. a coincidence. Exactly. Not at all. The fact that he was there and he, and he was such a powerful person in my life. You know, he was just my friend, my coworker, but if it wasn't because he showed me how to do, do that back in 2008, I would probably wouldn't have gotten started until maybe, you know, 2015 or several years later. But because um, he showed me how it's done, he kind of took away that fear like, oh, this is how what an investment account looks like. This is how you transfer money into it. This is what you click on to buy a stock. So he showed me all those things that they don't really tell you about. So from that moment on, once I learned how to do that, like the rest is history. I started doing my own thing. And like I'm asking some questions here and there, but then I just took it from there. So that's how it, I actually started on that journey. And it was because of that one person that showed wow. me like, this is how it's done. Um, well, that's so good. And we see you doing the same thing for so many others. Explain to me the money mindset of an investor. How do you prepare your mind for the volatility? that can come sometimes with being in the market. Yes, that's, that can be one of the hardest things, especially for a beginner. Like, you know, you finally get the courage to buy a couple of stocks or a couple of index funds. And then you see that all of a sudden the market's going through a tough time and you, the value of your, of your investments drop out of nowhere. Maybe you had a thousand dollars in there and now you have 850,000. You're like, oh my God, like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and that happens a lot. The fact that you start investing today doesn't mean like, oh, now the market's going to go up and up and up for the rest of time. Exactly. It doesn't work that way. It's, it's very right. volatile. It's up and down. So the way that I, I at least tell my students how to approach that is to always invest in quality. Always, when it comes to individual stocks, always invest in companies that you know, or you never know for sure, a hundred percent, but mm -hmm. that you can say, okay, is this company going to be around the next five, 10, 15, 20 years? Or is it something that's like a fad and it's going to be here today and gone tomorrow? So you have to think about those things in addition to doing your research and all that stuff. But if you consider that one question, even when you notice the market is going crazy and maybe the value of that stock that you bought has dropped, if you tell yourself, okay, this company has been around for so long, it's, it's very solid, it has a solid foundation. The fact that it's volatile for whatever reason shouldn't bother me because I know that a week from today or a month or three months from today, whatever you know, whatever it is, whatever time it takes for the market to stabilize again, it's going to go back to normal. It's going to continue going up and up, you know, as most high quality companies do. So for example, and I don't, you know, this, I'm not giving anybody any recommendations or anything like that, but you know, if mm -hmm. you think about companies like Disney or, or Nike or even mm -hmm. Apple and stuff like that, if you think about it, they're going to be around the next five, 10, 15 years, most likely, you know, like I said, there's no guarantees, but when you focus on solid companies, 
that gives you a little bit more peace of mind, even if you see it fluctuate that I shouldn't be worried because it's probably going st- to be sticking around. So I shouldn't be that concerned. So that's one way I approach it. Okay. Is that the mindset that sustained you after you made your initial investment and then the market kind of went down? Yes. <laughs> <In 2008. laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, you guys know my, my background. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I love it. I bought, I started investing in the summer of 08. Like, I'm all excited, you know. But thankfully, like I said, I always, I've always approached the stock market with a mentality of like, I'm going to buy this because I feel that it's quality and I, I plan to hold on to it for at least, you know, a couple of years, preferably three to five years. But, you know, if it will, I'm not going to hold on to it for a week or a month. It's going to be years. So when I first started, I, I picked very solid businesses. Like for example, my first investment ever was Google. So that's the type of mindset I had. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy, <laughs> yeah. you know, even though it wasn't as, as expensive back then as it is today, but yeah. you know, that's the type of mentality that I had. I'm only going to buy the best of the best. And when that craziness happened in the fall of 08, instead of being concerned or panicked, first of all, you know, I bought Google at this price a few months ago, a lot higher than it is now, but guess what? This is the one and only business that, you know, the, the main business that for search or, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to disappear. So let me buy some more. Let me see what else is out there that's high quality and I can take advantage of. So I think that's what helped me keep calm. The fact that I started off investing in the best of the best, because I feel that if I bought penny stocks or things that will have like, crashed or, or gone bankrupt and I would have lost all my money. I would have been upset and concerned. Maybe I would have felt like, okay, the market is not for me. Maybe I shouldn't be investing. Like I lost all my money here and I don't even know what I bought. I just bought it because I thought I was going to make quick money. So if you have that mentality of quick money, I'm just going to buy this today and sell it mm. in two weeks or a couple of months, that increases your stress level because if you say to yourself, okay, I'm just going to be a, make a quick buck. And you never know what the market's going to do. Like, for example, in May, it's like down, downhill. Yeah, yeah. whole Ukraine thing going yes, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's affecting the market. So if you were the time, let's say you bought something last week. Oh, I'm going to sell it in two months because the market's doing great. And look what happened. You yeah. cannot have that mentality. So you have to think, you have to buy quality and think that I'm going to hold on to this for a couple of years at least. So that way... You don't get nervous when you see that volatility going on. I like that you shared that because even as we mentioned in the faith focus, the person that received the one talent was afraid. So he didn't do anything, afraid of losing their money. And I think a lot of people have limiting beliefs when it comes to investing. And I think the main one is the fear of losing money. They mm-hmm. look at it as gambling, but there are things out there that is synonymous with gambling if you don't approach it correctly. And I think they hear stories of people who had that experience. Because of that, they're like, Mm-mm, I'm not I'm not about to invest. I'm not about to lose my money. And now they have long-term money like sitting in the savings account and it's not growing. And we talked about that in our previous episode when we were talking about investing readiness, why it's important for you to invest. So with that, I wanted you to share the, I know you teach how to invest in mutual funds exchange funds, as well as individual stocks. Can you talk about the benefits of one over the other? Yeah. So I like to focus on ETFs, which is very similar to in the index funds. So most people are familiar with index funds or mutual funds because most jobs or 401ks, uh, what they allow you to invest in is mutual funds and some index funds. So ETFs are, are not as popular in the whole 401k world, which is why a lot of people might not be familiar with it. 
But I like those and I'll explain why and also individual stock. So the difference is investing in funds like ETFs, mutual funds, or index funds is more a more conservative way to invest in the market and less risk. But also because it's less risky, the returns on investment are less when you compare it to individual stocks. So you have to have that trade-off. Uh, what kind of investor are you? You have to ask yourself, am I more of a person that likes to take risk? I don't mind the risk as long as for the potential of a higher reward. Or am I somebody that do want the reward of, of stock investing, but I don't want to take as much risk. I want to be more conservative. Then you will go the route of funds. If you're like, like more risk, if you don't mind the risk, then you can go the route of individual stocks or you can do a combination of both. So the reason why, for example, an ETF or an index fund is more conservative is because you're investing in a basket of different investments. So for example, a fund that's called VTI, the Vanguard Total Index, Total Market Index Fund, I think it's called, or Total, it's an ETF, but it's the Vanguard Total Market Fund, I think is the official name. So when you buy that fund, you're buying the entire stock market. You buy all the publicly traded companies, the big ones, the medium sized ones, and the small ones. So you buy this basket that has all of those companies in there. So it's nearly impossible for that bonds to go bankrupt, to crash, because in order for that to happen, every single company, the U.S. economy, big, medium, and small, will have to go bankrupt. So that's the only way <laughs> that that investment will go to zero. That's why it's, it's, it's a great foundation for any portfolio because you're owning the entire market. But your return on investments ultimately is going to be an average of all of those companies. So that's why, you know, some of them might not do that great. Some of them might do really good. But at least, you know, you're going to have everything and you're going to have average returns. The market goes up 10% one year. You're going to see your portfolio go up probably 10%. If it goes up 20%, your portfolio is going to look the same. It's going to mirror the market for the mm -hmm. most part. So like I said, it's more conservative, but you're still in the market. You're still participating, right? Mm -hmm. When you invest in individual stocks, you're investing in one single company. So the worst thing that can happen is the company goes bankrupt. Like, you know, let's say, God forbid, Apple goes out of business. I say God forbid because I have shares in that. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, I will be personally affected by that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't want that to happen. <laughs> Please, no. So let's say that one single company goes you know, they declare bankruptcy that you, your investment, whatever we have in that particular stock will go to zero and you, you lose your profits plus whatever you invested originally. For example, I think JC Penny, I think it was that declared bankruptcy a couple of years ago mm -hmm. uh, with the pandemic. So that like, if anybody had that in their portfolio, they probably saw it go straight to zero. So everything that you had there, that's it. Like you had a thousand dollars in there and yesterday it's not your money anymore. It's gone. So that's the worst <laughs> that can happen with yeah. individual stocks. You know, the worst that can happen is it goes to zero. But the the flip side of that is that there's no ceiling with how high a stock can go. So that's why you see, you know, Amazon at over $3,000 or, you know, Google around there too. And so there's really not a ceiling on how high it can go for the worst case scenario is that it goes to zero. So if, if you tell yourself, okay, it freaks me out that something in my property is going to go to zero. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to have, I can have that. Then you, you might want to stick to like ETFs, index funds, mutual funds. That way, you know, there's no way that's going to happen. Unless, like I said, everything in this world, like, you know, whatever disappears. So that way it's, it's more conservative, but if you know, you don't want to, if you want to take a little bit of risk, then you can combine it with some individual stuff, which, which is also a great approach because individual stocks can give you great, like, for example, if a fund goes up 10, 15% one year, 
I've seen individuals go up 30%, you know, 40% in one year. So I've seen that type of difference. Mm-hmm. I've seen that with my own eyes. So, you know, having a combination of both, as long as you do, you know, quality stocks and then some a mix of funds, then you can have a nice balanced portfolio for the most part. So the diversification versus in the mm-hmm. fund versus the individual stock and that diversification is going to yield a little bit of a less reward than the individual stock. Do you, what's your method for teaching stock analysis or teaching your students how to pick a stock? If Can you like just summarize it? Yeah, that, definitely. So what I do first is I don't, you know, I don't tell my students what to do. I kind of teach them how to do their own research. So I tell them, you know, make a list of the company that you are familiar with, that you, maybe you use the products and services, or you know that even if you don't love the products and services, you know that other people are obsessed with it. Like some people love Android, but you know, they see all of their friends and everybody that they around <laughs> has an Apple, you know, you, you know those type of things. So I tell them to make a list and then you have to do your, your research. And in terms of, first of all, the easiest thing, like I said, think about that. Use your investor brain. I say, think about okay. Do you see these companies being around? Like I said before, like you know, 10, 15 years. You can't predict what the world's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen. But how do you feel about a particular company being around for many years? You know, mm-hmm. that's one question that I tell them to ask themselves. Then I go into the the actual financial stuff. So it doesn't mean that I'm gonna have been calculating formulas. Like I did that in grad school. It was a nightmare. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be that ever again. Like I'm like, why am I? Yeah, it's never seen thing. So what I do is like, I uh, give them like different websites that are credible. Like for example, Yahoo Finance, for instance, or Morningstar. These are websites that give you financials of the businesses mm-hmm. in terms of like sales, net income. So these are the four metrics that I tell them to focus on sales. Net income, just profits, cash, and debt. Mm-hmm. So I asked them to look at metrics over time. Like how, you know, are these, is, are these companies making money over time? Or are they like fluctuating or are they losing money uh, in terms of profits? Is it increasing over time or what's going on there? Do they have any cash in their balance sheet? Like mm-hmm. how's the debt? Do they have a lot of debt? Mm-hmm. So I asked them to like, you know, look at the whole picture of the financials of the company to make sure that it has a, a, a solid financial state of spending. And then another thing I ask them to do is to look at competition. Is this a company that's considered a leader in their industry? Are they at the top or are they swimming in a sea of a million other companies doing the exact same thing? That can be quite risky. I personally don't like to put my money in companies where there's way too much competition. Like, you know, retail is very, is a very challenging industry because, you know, there's a, a whole bunch of clothing stores and, or like, People that sell purses and, or, or even the brands, like the you know, customer is fickle. Like one day they're like coach, tomorrow they're like my support. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, next week they like, you know, paid, whatever. So right. the customer is very fickle too. So right. I don't like, yeah. So I tell my students also like focus on companies that are the, the leader, they're at the top, that they're clear leaders, or at least, you know, in, they're like, you know, maybe the top three or whatever it is, preferably number one, but don't try to stay away from companies where there's way too many. Come, you know, they have way too much competition for that. If there's not a clear leader, then it's going to be very hard to make any money. It's going to be a very volatile stock. For example, when I of my students asked me about the cannabis industry, you know, because oh. it's more popular or whatever, right. which I've never invested in that industry, but there's way too many different, and most of the stocks are penny stocks, meaning they sell for like, you know, 50 cents or a dollar. And there's way too many people in that industry trying to like, oh yeah, you know, this is going to be the next best thing, but it's going to be legalized or, or it's legalized all over the states now. So yeah, 
we're going to make money. But then there's like a, a sea of different companies claiming the same thing. So I've stayed away from that type of stuff as well. That's what I, would say, I would say those are the three things. How long do you think that company is going to be around for a long time? Look into the financials, like look into those, those, some of the metrics that I mentioned and also consider competition. Is it a leader in the industry or is it something that has way too many competitors? Mm -hmm. All those I would say those are the some of the things that I focus on the most. Oh, that's excellent. I have another question I want to ask you with respect to risk. Tell me a little bit about the benefits of buying and holding long term versus trading short term. Okay, so trading or day trading as is more probably done. It's more obviously like you said, short term. So it's you're buying and selling a stock or investment based on metrics on a short. So according to technical analysis or people that, that trade, they can tell when a stuff is going to go up in price by just looking at, you know, the movements in a chart or, and then when it's going to drop based on the movements. As financial coaches, sometimes we are approached by people who are asking us to give them some clarity on these trending things. Yeah, and it's it more of like a herd mentality. Everybody's doing this. So I'm supposed to be doing it. But do you understand like, how much of that portfolio are they using to do that? They might mm -hmm. be doing that, but that's what's good for you, especially if you're trying to make sure that you have a stable base in mm -hmm. your portfolio, yes, right? So Exactly. And, and so as you being a, a stock education expert, a provider, we just wanted your input because there are people who are making money day trading, but then there are also people who are making money in the long term. You make a great point. Like, no offense to people that... They trade. There's some people that take that very seriously and they're like, your money. But the thing is that, you know, okay, fine. But then you have to be the type of person. You're going to wake up at the crack of dawn and be in front of your computer looking at shards from 9.30 a.m. when the market opens to 4 p.m. Eastern time, just looking, trying to figure out when to buy, what to sell. That's what a day trader is going to do. Do you have a, the time and the patience, first of all, to learn the patterns and the shards and to do that all day? That's one thing. So for me, no, I, I didn't have the time, patience, or desire to be sitting in front of my computer all day trying to find out what's going on in the, in the, in the shards. So for me, and like, like you just said, I'm the type of investor that, okay, I want to buy, buy something that I feel good about, that I have peace of mind on, and that I can leave it alone and go live my life. You know, like, okay, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to buy this ETF or this index fund and this, this few stuff, and then I'm going to go work on my business, go hang out with my friends, whatever. Right. I you know, I don't want to be, it's like my life it revolves around this, like my computer and like, <laughs> right, looking at right. this. So that's what that helps think about what kind of person do you want to be? Maybe I can make a quick buck every day, but then that you're, you're going to sacrifice your whole life pretty much because you're just going to be sitting in the computer or you, you want to be somebody that would like always to make, to grow wealth over time. And I want to be able to understand how to select good companies and good investments and then be able to just go do my thing. So. Mm -hmm. That's something that people have to answer for themselves. Like, that's like a very personal question. How do you want to approach the stock market? And then you can go whatever route you feel good about. Some people start day trading and they realize, oh my God, I lost all this money. Maybe this is not for me. And then they switch up to, let me, let me try to be an investor. So it could be a trial, trial and error too for some people, you know, just navigate how they want to approach it. Because for me, it's, 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 it's more than just making money. Obviously, that's why you invest, you know, you want to grow work over time. But to me, it's also about the, the mindset of, you know, I'm a part owner of these amazing companies. You know, I, I own a piece of this company and that company, they're, they're changing the world. So it's also like that mindset, like 
I feel like it's that wealth mindset and you can own one share of like this huge company and you're still a part owner. So that, you know, that's also comes with the territory of being a long-term investor. So it's not just like the growing the wealth and making the money. You also do the mindset thing too. Today, which goes to that a bit because nowadays the e economic climate is a little testy. And when the introduction of the last couple of days of the issues going on in, in Ukraine, it made it even more volatile. So what are the kind of things that you're looking at and looking for right now in terms of how movement should be made or what just what you would be looking at as a result of the war being here now and as a result of the inflation rate, just the whole economic framework? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's, it's, it can be a, first of all, it could be a difficult time. If somebody's already investing and they see their portfolio and they see it has dropped by a good amount over the past week or so, just because of all this uncertainty. And now like, it's official, there's a war over there, you know, sadly. So yeah, it could be a, a time to, to, you know, some people are worried and that's understandable. But the way I approach those, these rough times in the market, first of all, going back to the, my original thing that I, only investing companies that I feel that I feel good about that they're going to be around no matter what. Like companies that are mm -hmm. going to be here, if they're here today, they might go to that little volatility and turmoil because of what's going on in the overall in the world. But eventually, whatever things hopefully go back to normal, they're going to stabilize again. So that's one thing. Like I, I, if I look at my portfolio, I ask myself, okay, are all these companies they're solid? They're going to be around no matter what. So I can leave them alone. But you understand what's happening around the company opposed to something that's happening specifically in the company itself. Got right. exactly. So okay. if it's something that, okay, if it's something that's happening in the world, it, it's nothing specific to any of the stuff that I own. Like, there's nothing going on with any of the stuff I own specifically. They're dropping in value because of what's happening in the world. Then yeah. that should make it easier for you to just be like, okay, there's, there's nothing specific to these businesses that should worry me. So let me just leave that alone. So you either, you know, just leave it alone or if you want to be, why else you want to take the advantage of these type of opportunities? Maybe you had a list of stocks that, you know, to you were too expensive a month ago. Then I go, I'm not buying this for that amount of money. You know, it's like $50 less or $100 less than it was last month. It could be a great time to like, okay, let me pick up a couple of shares of this and that because look at like I'm getting it at a discount now. Just let it be, right? It's on sale. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And I'm like the queen of buying things on sale. So that's, you know, I'm looking oh, yeah. that way. So I'm like a Marshalls, TJ Maxx person. So <laughs> I've always been like that. So yeah, so there's the battalion that I think like, oh, like, do I want to take advantage of the opportunity or do I just want to leave it alone and let it be until these the things like get start getting back to normal again. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the, the, the approach that I take. I don't really take any drastic actions because I, I've seen it time and time again with the market goes through a significant crash. Last year was the time that I've seen the market crash as much. In my history of investing, I had never seen anything like that in such a short period of, a period of time. And I do have to admit that I was just like taken aback, like, whoa, I never seen this before. I don't know what's next. But thank God I had, still had the mentality of, okay, like, you know, either I could sell everything and run, which is never. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm probably mm -hmm. going to regret that real fast. Mm -hmm. Or I can just leave and pray that I think like recover soon enough. <laughs> thankfully, that's what it happened. You know, I left it alone. I wish I would have bought stuff, but you know, you never know. Hindsight is always 2020. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was thinking to myself, I'm just going to hold. Maybe I, you know, I bought a couple of things, but maybe if I would have been like less 
concerned, like, you know, what exactly is going on with the whole COVID thing that was new to us back in 2020, I would have taken more advantage. But, you know, it, it, every investor, you don't even know if you're going to react when you're in the situation, you know, yeah. when happening. So, you know, the worst thing that you could do, in my opinion, is like sell everything and run. So I wouldn't recommend <laughs> leave it alone. Yes. <laughs> or take advantage of whatever opportunities you see. Right. Because if you take That's the loss, great. depending upon what it is, then you can't get the ride when it comes back up. Yeah. And, exactly. it, and, and it goes beyond even where you, your original purchase price. So I get that. I totally get that. And some yeah. people say, which is something that a lot of people said back in 2020, like, well, I'm going to sell everything now and just get in when the market uh, when it recovers again but nobody has a crystal ball to know when that's going to happen if when we it's going to that, recover that's right yeah we will all be multi-millionaires if we knew well, okay i'm going to get out of here and go back in tomorrow at 2 p.m like it doesn't work <laughs> exactly if we knew that how to get out at the perfect time getting at the perfect time then you know you know we'll be you know very well off well you know you have you just have to like just do your best decision. The best decision that you can't based on the information that you haven't done. Panic. I love it. Because yeah, you good. have to get that's in her good. Facebook community. And she's going to give us her information. But earning season in her Facebook community is hilarious. I'm in there. And they get, look, they talk about the sales. Yes. And they also, and they all, they rally. They're like, oh, did you know that such and such is earnings reports coming out yes. and, this, and everybody's excited and they're all celebrating because, you know, they've, <laughs> they've got this knowledge now and yeah. their investments are going up. But it is honestly a community that supports each other and um, they're just excited. So I just love what you're doing over there with Girls on the Money. And I'm just so glad that you came and shared with yes. us because, yes. like I said, we want people to be savvy to become savvy investors. So whether you decide to buy individual stocks or whether you decide to buy ETFs or just keep your mutual funds that are in your, your 1K plans or whatever, just understand what it is you're investing in and mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. And like Mabel said, what is your strategy, your long-term approach? Yep. What are you investing for? And what type of investor do you want to be? Are yeah. you, do you want to be more aggressive? Do you want to be more conservative? It's totally up to you and it, it's totally dependent upon your goals. And so the goals that you have set for yourself. So thank you so much for, for coming and, and what is there Sharing any with us, one yeah. last thing that you want to share? And then also let everybody know if you have any more classes coming up, books, your website, all that good information. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I just want to say whoever's out there that's not invested yet, you know, don't be scared. Don't be intimidated. I understand what they're going through because I was there and I, um, Wesley was saying at the beginning, you know, I learned about the market in 2004. It took me four years to actually take the plunge because I was scared and hesitant about the market. So I completely understand where people are coming from when they don't take that first step. But I feel like once you take action, just open an investment account. It doesn't take long in this day and age and it's also free. Um, anything like TV Ameritrade, Alibest, um, Fidelity, Schwab, all great uh, companies or platforms where you can open an investment account for free. Just take that first step, put a couple of hundred dollars in there. You know, if you just want to take it one step at a time, do that, <laughs> but just get started because you're going to, you're losing out in so much by just leaving your money in the bank where you're still getting anything. It's just crazy how powerful investing can be. Like I saw it with my own eyes when, you know, back in the days when I had a savings account and an investment account and I saw the difference that how fast my money was growing if being invested. Mm -hmm. So just, oh, like the bank will send me an email. We gave you five cents, like over the course of three months. Like, okay, <laughs> that's great. 
Yeah, who think like five cents? Because we insane. know you made way more than five cents on this money. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You made a couple of million dollars and you said me at five cents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did. So don't get scared. Just like, just well, take those first, just, just take the baby steps. You know, buy an ETF and, and just you know, see how it goes, see how you feel. Um, because you're losing, losing out on a lot by not investing. And if you, if you don't want, obviously, a lot of people don't have the knowledge, and that's what I'm here for. You know, I have. Besides the courses that I teach, I have a lot of free resources like ebooks and stuff like that that I share with my beginners. They're on my website. So grossingthemoney.com. There's a tab, I think, that says free resources or your audience. They can email me or find me on Instagram at grossingthemoney. And I'll share the link with the, the free guys and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of getting educated because I think that's what brings confidence. In my opinion, like if you don't know what you're doing, that's why you're like freaking out and like, okay, I don't even know, you know, what to do next. But when you mm -hmm. understand the process, even if you're not, you're not investing yet, when you understand the process and have an idea about stocks world or how, work or how ETS work, then you feel more empowered to take that first step. So just educate yourself and then just start. Take action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take action. Exactly. I just think about some of the things you've shared with us just to do an overview. And I think about how you've said, do your research. Yes. You've got to make sure you do your research and then assess your risk. What is your personal risk for getting into the market? And then I heard you say reward back and enjoy your life are being rewarded for that work that you've done. So those three things that they encapture everything that you've said to us. So we are so glad that you came here. And I know our listeners will be so pleased to have access to some of the free resources that you provide on your website. And please reach out to her on Instagram, reach out to her or girls on the money. Thank you so much, ladies. I love being here. Great questions. You oh, make it so you. easy to like, hang out. <laughs> Thank you so much. You I love the podcast. I love the work that you ladies are doing. So thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you so you. much, Mabel. Thank you. We thank appreciate you. It. We're trying to get folks ready so they can come to you and get out there in that market. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Now, our end goal for all of our listeners is financial transformation, financial sustainability, financial success, truly fulfillment and wealth on their terms and you've helped us to show them how they're able to build wealth intentionally. We've had a great time today and prayed that we've shared in this episode something to help you manage your money confidently and build wealth intentionally. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyTFCoach. Bye for now and continue to live abundantly, putting God first as you manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. <laughs>